Sheila Zielinski Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, Sheila Zielinski. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Sheila Zielinski Show for this Tuesday, August 9th, 2016 edition. I broadcast weekdays. That's right. I'm back on air full time. As per my regular schedule, that's Monday to Friday, weekdays on WINB, and of course, in high-quality CD stereo sound at WeekendVigilante.com. You can simply click on that big listen button. That's at 6 p.m. Eastern daily. Tune into the show, and you can also download the podcast for those of you on the go. And good news, the Android app has been finally approved. We've been working on that for several weeks. So for those Android users out there, you can get the Weekend Vigilante app. And of course, for smart device listeners, we already have the app available. That is a very easy, convenient way for you, the listener, to pick up the show daily. I want to remind everyone that if you do sign up for the free e-newsletter, if you go to weekendvigilante.com, look on the right-hand side, kind of the middle right-hand side of the website, you will see a free ebook for those of you who sign up for the newsletter. That's something I put together in honor of Steve Quayle being on the air for 25 years. Some of the incredible, hilarious, one-of-a-kind idioms that he has said over the air. You all know the Steve Quayle one-liners. <laughs> so do get your copy of Colloquialisms. That's what I called the book. It's a free ebook for you. All you have to do is subscribe to my free monthly e-newsletter, and I do send out alerts and bulletins as well. Again, simply subscribe to my free e-newsletter, and you will get a copy of the download of that 10-page book in honor of Steve Quayle. Wow, 25 years on air. What dedication. And do reach out to Steve and thank him for his 25 years of service to us those lines that only Steve Quayle can come up with, I think you'll get a really good kick out of the book. And if you already were signed up to the newsletter, then you would have got a copy of that ebook. So be checking your inbox, check your email, and it doesn't hurt to check your junk mail folder. It might have gone into there as well. So do be looking out for that. That is a great compilation. And of course, Power Prayers Warfare That Works is set to release late next week. We are a little bit behind schedule due to some typesetting glitches, but I am certainly hoping that it'll be out next Friday. Do secure your copy. You can click on that little picture of the book. It says order now. Get your copy today. And if you have an international order and you're finding it just too much money, the ebook is going to be available very shortly. We're going to have all the forms, Kindle, e-reader books, all that good stuff will be available as well. So you'll definitely want to get a copy of that because I'm going to tell you what, you are going to be stunned 
at how your prayer life is going to change and you're going to be so empowered. It is going to revolutionize your prayer life and as a result, your life. I'll tell you, this is such a powerful book. I wish I had had it 25 years ago. After you start doing these prayers, I want to hear from you guys. And that's the show that I'm looking forward to do. I'm going to open up one whole show, maybe several shows, just to hear the testimonies. And if you already have a testimony, I want to actually add a new feature to my website because I do get a lot of people emailing me, telling me how much the ministry means to them, telling me how much a particular show, a guest meant to them, just really powerful stuff. And I would really like to start keeping track of powerful testimonies when people receive deliverance, when people are just blessed by a particular guest. That's really why I do the show. It's for you, the listener. So I am very excited to hear the testimonies. That's what makes it all worthwhile right there, just to empower you. As you know, I love my audience very much, and therefore I'm committed to bringing you powerful guests with powerful subjects that really not only equip you, but help you in areas of your Christian walk. And that, to me, makes it all worthwhile, because I'll tell you, some days it is not an easy job. Trust me. I love you too much to send you some of my emails. (laughs) Oh, the good times. (laughs) Well, speaking of good times, I have a very favorite guest. He was on my show a couple weeks ago, And he certainly was a fan favorite. I got a lot of emails regarding the show he did with me. It is Minister John Terrell from Sacramento, California. He is back on the show to talk about what I think is one of the most important topics. And it's certainly not being taught in the church. And that is on soul damage. And it is my honor and privilege to welcome him back to the show. What an incredible man who's dedicated the last 45 years plus of his life to preaching the gospel. What a revelation he received from God in this. And I am so honored to bring him to you today, my listeners. This is life-changing, I think, and it is called Soul Damage. John Terrell, welcome back to the program, sir. Truly an honor to have you back on. Thank you very much. Well, John, this is an important topic on soul damage, and I'm just going to hand you the mic, so take it away, John. This is a subject uh, that probably a lot of people have not spent a lot of time on. So what I want to talk about is uh, the soul, the spirit, and the physical body. And I'd like to begin with a story. Uh, This is a story I'm just making up. But let's say that I'm driving down the road in my car, and uh, suddenly I'm having uh, pain in my heart. So I'm having some kind of uh, issues with my heart. So I stopped the car, pull up my cell phone, down 911, and I tell them that I have some chest pains and I really need some help. And uh, so they said, not a problem. We will have help on the way immediately. So five, ten minutes later, here shows up a tow truck. He started hooking up my car. And so I stick my head out and says, you know, there's nothing wrong with the car. I'm the one having the problem. He says, don't worry about it. Just stay right in the car. We're going to take you into a service station, a garage, and we will take care of you. So he drives out. He pulls me in, and they work on the car. And I'm sitting there, and no one is paying attention to me. What I'm saying to you is this, that your physical body is a vehicle. 
this is not you. You have to have a vehicle in order to travel and to stay on this earth. You consist of a soul. If you're not born again, you consist of a dead spirit that is soul. And if you're born again, you have a spirit that is alive, born from God, born by the Holy Spirit, and a soul. The thing that's important now that we understand is this. When you think, you are not thinking with your physical brain. Your physical brain is a computer. Because if the physical brain was you, when your body dies, your brain goes in a grave, or is cremated, whatever, you would cease to exist. So right now when I'm doing this program, I'm sitting in front of a computer, and the computer is working for me, and is sending out the signal via Skype. I am using a computer to communicate with you, the listener. I want to take you now to Genesis chapter 1 and then chapter 2. And God said in verse number 26, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Now, when God said he will make us in his image, that doesn't mean that we look like God, but we are made triune. We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and you have a physical body, you have a soul, and you got a dead spirit until you're born again. So we are also triune. If you look now in chapter 2 and verse number 7, so in chapter 1 we are told that God created us in his image. In chapter 2 we get the detail how it was done. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostril the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So, when Adam was created, he was not created as a baby. His physical body was created as an adult. He had an adult body. Notice now that God made the body, it says, from dust from the earth. And of course, knowing chemistry, the way we do today, we do know that most of the body is made up of water. And then we have all the metals and minerals and everything else and carbon that is part of the physical body, which all comes from the earth, from the soil. So this is accurate what God said. So I want you to say this. This is Jesus now because Jesus is a creator. So Jesus comes down. Now, we are not told how that was done. We do know this. When Jesus walked on the earth, he was going to heal a blind man. So, at this particular one, he simply spit on the ground, uh, stirred some dirt up, and smeared it in the guy's eye, on top of his eyelids, and told him to go and wash in a pool. And he got his sight back. Um, why Jesus did that, I don't know. I don't know if Jesus simply used equipment, or if he simply spoke. He just took material from the earth and was able to do it. But I can tell you this, the body was engineered. It was not, because if you look upon a body, it's very well engineered. 
and you and I, our bodies, are controlled by electrical impulses and chemical reactions, like your hormones. These are chemical reactions, and then you have electrical impulses. That's how the body is driven. Now, after God had created Adam's body, he breathed into his nostrils a soul, and he became a living being. So we can see now, but the body was there. It was just a dead body, it's a vehicle. But the moment the soul got in, inside, then, of course, it became alive. When Eve was created, she was actually cloned from Adam because Jesus took a rib and he used a rib to clone Eve. So Eve was not made from the dirt. She was simply cloned to which she would have the same DNA in her body as the man had. So the DNA has to do with the body, not the soul. Adam and Eve, before they sinned, they had a body, they had a soul, and they had a spirit. Now, God told Adam that if you eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you will die. And they did. Their spirits died. But their physical body did not die. Their souls did not die. The physical body of Adam lived for to about 900 years after he was created. And then, of course, his body gave out and he stepped out of it. Let's talk now. What is a soul? The soul is you. I am a soul. When my physical body dies, I will step out of my physical body, and the soul has a physical body in the spirit world. The soul and the spirit are from the spirit world. The physical body is from the earth. If you read in the book of Revelation, you find that those that were killed, martyred, beheaded, they were under the altar. They could speak. They could hear. They could think. They were completely alive. There are other places in the book of Revelation where it says that these people that are up there, those that were redeemed, they are standing before the throne. They are raising their hands. They are worshiping God. They are singing to him. So, my understanding, what the Holy Spirit showed me, is this. The body is a replica of the soul body. And in the soul body, we have a soul brain, which is divided into two parts. We have the conscious mind and the subconscious mind in the soul. So when people say that, uh, they said you have a very high IQ, it is not necessarily the brain that has a high IQ, but it, because the brain can have what we call a fast chip, just like you have computers that have certain speed on their chips or the processor. Uh, when I f bought my first computer in 1990, uh, the processor had a speed of 60 megahertz. And we thought that was very fast. Of course, now it is much, much faster. They, they go up all the time. I am speaking to you. My soul and my spirit are speaking to you. I'm using my physical brain to process through so that I can have a voice 
and also so I can hear a response back when I'm when I'm doing things. I can also see through my eyes, which are nothing but two cameras. And so we got taste, we can see, we can hear, we can touch, we got five senses. And this is how we operate. So the soul now is depending upon that these senses operate properly. Let's talk about now if you get a stroke. If a person gets a stroke, a portion of the physical brain is knocked out. And that doesn't mean that the soul brain is damaged. But the part of the computer that you have with your physical brain is not functioning, which means that the soul cannot express itself completely 100%. If you have memory cells damaged in your, in your physical brain, then you have problem recalling because the soul is working through these cells. And if the cells are damaged, he cannot work through. For example... If you take a person in a coma, the person cannot speak, he cannot communicate, but the soul hears everything. And there have been times I've been to hospitals or been to homes where people are uh, comatose, and I have led them to Christ, I, and, and I got some response. It was an eye blinked or just a shaking of the body, but they were simply hearing and so with a soul, they asked to pray the sinner's prayer, and they were saved, even if their physical body was incapacitated. So the soul is very, very important because that's you and me. So your memories of everything that you have experienced is located in your soul brain. Some people can play an instrument. They sit down in front of a piano, pick up a guitar, and they just move on it. They never learned. That's a skill that God has put into them, into their soul. Uh, I can paint fences. I can paint walls. But I cannot do an oil painting. Uh, I don't have that skill. And there are people that simply can paint a picture, an oil painting that is just as clear as it was a photograph. That is a gift. I'm going to read from Exodus chapter 31 and verse number 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, See, I will call by name Besail, the son of Uri, the son of Ur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship to devise cunning works, to work in gold and in silver, and in brass, and in cutting of stones, to set them, and in carving of timber, to work in all manner of workmanship. And behold, I have given with him Aholiab, the son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan, and the hearts of all that are wise-hearted. I have put wisdom that they may make all that I have commanded you. These are very important scriptures because they tell us this, that if we look upon the tabernacle that God wanted to have done, there were carvings, uh, there was very intricate work with, with stones and so on, which took skills. And if you've ever seen a cabinet worker or someone that is very skilled, 
you're looking at all of how he's working with his hand to form things, with someone doing his sculpture. So here God simply said this to Moses. These are the guys that I have put gifts into. These are gifts into their souls, and they will be able to do all the work that you tell them to do. They have not been to school. They have no training, but they are born craftsmen because I have put these skills into their soul brains. And this is something that God has done with each one of you and I. He has simply put gifts, skills into our soul brain. And if you move in your gift, you excel. If you try to move outside your gift, you have to work hard. You have to study whatever it is, but you never excel except when you move in your gift. Let's talk about the soul now. And um, on our website, I have an article called Soul Damage. And it is on our main page. And uh, on page 15 of that, I have a picture. Actually, it is a sketch that God gave me about a year and a half ago. And I want to begin to describe that to you right now. When a man and a woman come together, husband and wife, the boy should be, and have sex, and the woman conceives, the woman supplies an egg. The man supplies the sperm. The interesting thing is this, that when a woman supplies the egg, the egg contains flesh and bone structure, but not the blood. The blood is in the sperm. If you've ever been on a farm and you had chickens, roasters and so on, you can have hens and they will lay eggs, but you can never hatch them. They, they would never they would never reproduce. And in order for a hen to be able to have eggs that will be that can hatch that you have another chicken, the rooster has to fertilize the egg. And if you have eaten eggs from a farm, you will find that there is a little speck of blood in the egg when you crack it open. That means it has been fertilized. So when Jesus was given a physical body, as we find in Luke chapter 1, Mary gave him flesh and bones, but the Holy Spirit is the one that gave him the blood. That's why there was sinless blood flowing through his physical body. And that's why he could be a perfect sacrifice. That's why he was also sinless, because he did not have the Adamic sin in him, the sinful nature. So now, when, a soul, when you have a sperm and an egg, now they come together, the moment of conception, we don't have a verse on this, but this, this is just what the Lord showed me. Immediately, a soul is inserted, connected with this new cell that is going to grow and develop into a baby. There's also a dead spirit. The soul that God creates and God created. We have not lived in another time. We have not lived in a previous life. We, when our soul is created, it's created. But when the soul is created, it's created a, 
adult soul, not a child soul. But the soul now has very little programming in it. The following programs is put into the soul brain by God when he creates the soul. There's a program called trust, love, faith, talents, and skills are put in. Right and wrong concepts. These are the programs, if I can use that term, that God simply puts into every soul. Just like if you go and buy a computer, if it is Hewlett Packard or if it is some other brand, uh, they, they always come preloaded with an operating system. If you have Windows or if you have Apple, but there's an operating system. So you have certain things in a computer when you buy it. But if you want to do something yourself, you have to buy special programs and put them in so that if you want to be uh, using them for writing um, letters or you want to write articles, if you want to do um, graphic, whatever it is, you've got to buy special programs for that. So every soul comes programmed with trust, love, faith, a language program, talent and skills, and a right and wrong concept. Now, if you've been around babies, a baby is very trusting. As he develops, he will be very trusting unless somebody abuses him. If a baby is abused, he will not trust any longer. Fear will come in, and fear is a demon, and fear will bring in an arrested development spirit. Babies are very loving, but if you shatter their love and you simply, instead of giving them love, you give them hate or anger or there's an upheaval in the home. The trust will go, the love will go, the faith will go. And you now have a warped soul. If you take a person, I don't care if you take an American baby and put them in a Chinese family, they're going to learn Chinese fluently. You take a Chinese baby, put them over here, they will learn English and speak it fluently. Um, you can have a, 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 a child can be bilingual or even three languages. The language program lasts to about four to five years of age, and then it is taken off. It is simply ceased to exist. Now, I had to learn English. English is not a native language. I was probably about 16 years old when I had to start taking English lessons in school. And I had to work for many years. It was hard work to learn the language. Now, there are some people that have gifted for languages to have that gift to them. That's a special gift. When they can simply be around for six months, they speak the language fluently. That's a special gift. So here's a baby now. We now have the sperm and the egg has got together. It's fertilized. And of course, the DNA and the chromosomes tell them exactly how to do it. We got some fingernails. We got hairs. We got eyeballs. We got kidneys that are automatically being created in the womb of, of the mother. The soul now sits in there and simply cannot do a whole lot. But the soul hears. 
the soul feels. If the mother is upset, if there are strong emotions during the time when she carries the baby, it is going to damage that soul. That soul will come out fearful. Let's say, for example, a couple have sex. She gets pregnant. She's about the second or third month. And they said, man, I don't want this baby. I, I want to abort this baby. And they are talking about it. That creates an enormous amount of fear in that soul, which means that immediately an arrested development spirit comes in and clamps down and latches on to that soul. Any trauma done to the mother when she carries a child, let's say the mother is on drugs or alcohol or there's a car accident or let's say the father is beating her up and so on. Any trauma done to the mother will cause soul damage. And the soul damage simply means that when a person is born, they are not they are warped. They are not able to function properly. So the soul can have wounds, just like the physical body can have wounds. And when a soul has wounds, it does not function completely as it should. And demons will latch on to these wounds. I had a, uh, a young lady, 18 years old, and she was what you call a retarded child. She was not autistic, but she was born retarded. And uh, she, she was able to function to a certain degree, so they asked if we could take her through deliverance. And I said, yes, we could. So I had a couple of ladies with me. I always have ladies when I work with women. And so I started asking her, I said, you know, tell me about your life. She was very childlike, truthful, you know. Everything was just straightforward. She said, Pastor John, she said, I remember being in my mother's womb. And I saw the demon crawl in, and he came in, and he possessed me. I remember that. And that was a demon that had simply made her retarded. He simply clamped down part of her soul. We were able to cast that demon out. We prayed for healing, and she was able to retain about 90% normalcy after we had prayed with her. Wow. So most of the time... If a pastor or Christian do not know what they are doing, then, of course, you know, you really can't help people. And sometimes we damage people because we don't know what we do. Let me give you another example. This girl right now is 14 years old. And uh, her mother was not married. And um, as a teenager, she moved out, lived on the street. She lived in some kind of a commune. And so she had plenty of sex, a lot of alcohol and so on. So she became pregnant. And uh, she doesn't know, she, she's probably been with 50, 60 men, and she doesn't know who's her father, so the girl doesn't know that. So she went back to her parents, and they were not born again at that time. They were named Christians, which means they were Christians, but not born again, church members. So they, they talked back and forth, and, and they said, you know, oh, it's a messy, you know, why don't we abort this thing, you know, just, just kill it off. And then they decided, now nah, we're not going to abort the baby. They had this discussion with a daughter, and the baby was inside the womb, had an adult soul, and heard this discussion. Well, they decided to let the baby live. She gave birth to it. 
and she was not capable, the mother was not capable of handling it, so the grandparents said, okay, we will raise the child. And so here now, this little girl, as she got older, she was mentally insane. I mean, she would roll her eyes back in, in, in the sockets, drool, uh, she couldn't talk, she was stuttering, she was destructive, and uh, she was just, it was a waste. She was four years old when they came to our church. They had heard about us. So before I could go to the girl, I had to deal with the grandparents. So uh, I found out that he was not saved. I led him to Christ. And she was saved. He had been someplace, got saved. And, and then I did deliverance on him and the deliverance on the grandmother. Took the girl in, in, in a room. And um, we could begin to pray with her. Now, when you deliver children... You don't have to scream and yell because that would scare them. Uh, the demons have very good hearing. You don't need to yell at them. You can whisper. You can actually think, and they hear that. So she did not have nothing to repent of. But knowing what she's gone through, I begin to attack these different demons, and uh, she began to manifest and so on. And uh, we got everything out, prayed over, laid hands, and asked for the Holy Spirit to baptize the Holy Spirit, and so on. It only took maybe a few hours, and she was a different child. She didn't drool anymore. She would smile, and she would begin to talk normal, like a little four-year-old. And um, so they were in that church. Right now, she's about 13 years old. She is the most fantastic young woman that I've seen. She has learned to play the violin. She got a natural gift for that. And she's, at the age of 13, She's playing in a symphony orchestra in the city of Fresno here in California. Wow. She has a memory that is second to none. And when you talk to her today, she's a beautiful woman and she is totally healed. If we had not prayed with that girl, she would have been in a mental institution today, doped down with Ritalin and all the kind of drugs to control her. It is important to understand, if you're a mother, if you're pregnant, watch every word you say. If you're Christian parents, I tell fathers to do this. Read the Bible, lay hands on, on his tummy, and simply bless that child and say, we are excited about you. We're looking forward for you to come out so we can touch you and see you. Speak positive. And that would reinforce and make that to be a healthy soul. So that's something we can do positive. I want to give you one more example. Uh, this goes back a few years. And um, I got a man. He was about 22 to 23 years old. He was big, six foot, four inches, or something like that. Very powerful built. He was a boy. He was not even zero years old. And he couldn't hold a job, so his mom had paid for him. And he, he basically was a baby, six foot, four inches baby. They walked around, grinning, smiling, but absolutely useless. So someone took him to us for deliverance. And I, I asked the parents, I, I said, back, okay, tell me what happened. Particularly, I always ask what happened at the time of birth. He was 22 years old when he came to us, but he was several years old emotionally wow he had an arrested development spirit to the silch 
he couldn't even feed himself barely, could even close himself. I mean, he, he was a unborn baby. So I found out that he was a blue baby. When he was born, the cord had wrapped around, choked him. It took several minutes for, before they got him out, but he came out, he was blue. They had to revive him. He had actually died. His body had died, so they had to revive him. And um, that traumatized his soul so badly that it was just frozen with fear. And a rest of development spirit came in, locked his emotions down, and he grew up intelligent, yes. Emotional, zero. So we took him through deliverance, cast out the, the arrested development spirit. And um, when we take out the arrested development spirit, I know this by experience, it takes about a year for a person to mature. So uh, it is not instantly. But in a year, he had met the woman, he got married, he got a job, he learned how to drive, and he had a normal life. So there's a lot of people that are damaged out, that are not functioning, that could be helped if they would submit to be saved and had deliverance. So let's go on now as I talk about this picture now on page 15 of my article. So demons can enter the soul at conception through traumas and nine months that you're in the mother's uh, body. The subconscious mind controls all the automatic body function through the physical brain stem. You can control breathing but if you try to hold your breath a long time, the body will override and you start breathing. You cannot control your heartbeat. You cannot control your blood pressure. You cannot control your digestive system. These are automatics. So I'm going to be talking as we continue this here, probably for a few programs, whatever. Now, if the soul has a damage, a soul damage, an upheaval in your soul, it will create negative energy. So a disease, arthritis, cancer, just about any disease that we have today, some of them come from food and poison and toxins. But most diseases comes from soul damage. Let me run this by you. Let's say, for example, you are coming home from work, your spouse has fixed a nice dinner, and you walk in, and uh, children greet you and so on, and you sit down, smells good, and you're ready to eat the meal. The phone rings, and you get bad news. What happened to your dinner? It doesn't taste very good. You really are not hungry anymore. If you eat it, you just kind of sit there and pick at it. And the reason is, your soul got upset. And when your soul got upset, it creates all kind of chemical and electrical impulse in the body, and it upsets you. Upset stomach, you got this and that, and so on. So, it is very important that we are understanding that the soul needs healing. So, when a person is saved, you want immediately to talk about getting baptized in water, of course, and then getting through deliverance and also begin to talk to them about healing of their souls. I'm going to read to you right now from the Gospel of Luke, uh, chapter 4. 
And I'm going to begin in verse 17. This is Jesus speaking. And there was delivered to him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found a place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. When the Bible talks about the heart, it's not talking about the blood pump. It's talking about the soul. So Jesus came to heal their broken souls, to preach deliverance to the captives. When the soul is damaged, he's held captive by demons. And this is what Jesus came to set people free from these problems. I have a Master of Divinity. I've been through a seminary, uh, and they were wondering about my background. I'm a, I came in as a Southern Baptist, and I've been through a Southern Baptist seminary. And I was given a left foot of fellowship when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I've been an independent since about 1971. As I went to the seminary, we had pastoral care. We actually, we, we copied the world psychotherapy, how to make a person feel better, and so on. You manipulate the feelings. Most pastors are social engineers. They try to make people feel good. They try to do counseling and so on, but they do not address the issue of a soul damage and demons. So in our deliverances, we deal with soul damage and curses first, and then the last thing we do is to cast out the demons. We don't start casting out demons first. And after that, we pray for the healing of the soul. So let me give a couple of more things here on this. So in your soul, you have a conscious mind, which I liken to a computer chip. You have a subconscious mind, which I liken to a hard drive. Now I have a computer on, and if I turn it off, the processor stops working. The hard drive is sitting there, but it maintains all the memories and stuff. And the moment I turn it on, it kicks it back on again. Your soul has a hard drive with a subconscious mind. Here's what happened to you when you have a soul damage. Let's say, for example, as a child, that you were walking around outside one day and a big dog came down the road and attacked you and bit you. And you were frightened, cried, and so on. It was traumatized. When it happened, you had a soul damage, and the rest of the development spirit attached itself to you. But now that soul damage, the memory of that, it is too painful. So what the subconscious mind will do is it simply absorbs it, takes it off the conscious mind, and stores it in the subconscious mind as a memory. There are many things that you don't remember happened to you in earlier years. You've forgotten it. But your subconscious mind still have them. The damage is still there. So let me tell you now about the lady that got sick every time she drove by a florist shop, a florist where they have flowers. And she came to a church for deliverance this number of years ago. And she said, Pastor John, I can't understand this. 
every time I walk by a florist shop or I drive by it, I get sick, I vomit, I, I can't drive the car, I got to stop. I mean, I'm just reeking. I'm, I'm wiped out. She said, why is that? What kind of demon is that? I said, well, let's sit down. Let's talk about your life. Because I always have people do a biography before we deal with them. So she told a life story. And then she came to this part. She had been married, was married. And uh, they were going to have their anniversary. It was an anniversary day. She'd been home all day, set the nice table, put a special tablecloth on it, cooked the man's favorite food, put candles on, took a shower, put perfume on, put a nice dress on, and dolled herself up. She looked nice. And here comes a man, open the door, he comes in, a big bouquet of flowers, and he shoves the flowers in her face and say, I want a divorce. And she froze. He just brushed her aside, but he said, oh, this smells good, my favorite dinner. He sat down. He ate the dinner. She was standing there crying. After he finished gorging himself at a dinner, he went into the bedroom, got a couple of suitcases, packed all his clothes, walked out, kissed her goodbye, and said, see ya. And it's the last she saw of him until she saw him in court when I was divorced. That was a very hard soul damage to that woman. And so she didn't think about it, but in her soul, the memory, the trigger point, flowers, a florist shop. And this was five, six, seven years later. Every time she saw a florist shop, she got violently ill because that thing, that soul damage, just exploded. She didn't know what it was. She just, that thing exploded and she got sick. It was not until we had a look at it. We had to release it, pray over it, forgive the husband, and ask God for healing that that wound was removed. And, of course, the demons, we also cast them out. So in your personal life, uh, as you take an inventory, as I've been speaking to you here on this program, if you have some of the things that I've been speaking to you about, you might want to take a look and say now, this is an area where I have not really looked at myself. I, I really don't know how this works. I just know this. I'm handicapped. I'm not moving as fast as I can. I get emotional. I lose control. And you see, a damage to the soul would create emotional outbursts. They can be anger. It can be grief. It can be sadness. It can be that you simply shut down, you can't function, and you wonder, you know, why am I doing this? When you have a soul damage in your subconscious mind of your soul that has not been healed and is festering, it's like cancer, and it will give you problems and hinder you from living a life 100% free in the Lord Jesus Christ. I think that's probably as far as I will take you here tonight. And uh, I was a couple of Bible verses here that I want to close this particular program with. Proverbs, we look it up here in Proverbs 18, 14. 
The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear it. If you have a wounded soul, it will sustain your sickness. And when your soul is healed, your sickness will leave because healing is built into us. Let me give you a couple of other uh, scriptures here uh, from Proverbs. And this is from Proverbs chapter 15, verse number 13. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. A merry soul makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, or the soul, the spirit is broken. In other words, if you are happy in your soul, your body is going to be feeling very good. And then in Proverbs 17, 22, a merry heart or a merry soul does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. What do you have in the bones? That's the bone marrow. The bone marrow produces your white blood cells, your red blood cells. This is where your immune system starts in the bone marrow. And God spoke here through King Solomon before he turned bad. And he simply said, a happy soul does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bone. With other words, the production of blood cells begin to shut down. So I'm going to come back another time and talk more about it and give you more detail on how to cast out demons and so on. But that's probably as far as we can take you on this particular program. Fantastic job of laying out this soul damage. And of course, I'm going to have you back to have a part two on how people can then get free from soul damage through deliverance. I am convinced that every single person has soul damage. In the people that I've worked with, I'm really starting to see that this really, I think, affects 100% of people, the different traumas that come in our life and afflict us. I am thoroughly convinced that all people have soul trauma and it has to be dealt with. And one of the things that people can do in the meantime, John, is I want you to talk about your Christian Dynamics course workbook. I have this book because this gives them the tools in this workbook to start working through this soul damage, to take an emotional inventory, looking at certain events in their life, etc., and really start doing an inventory. And this book can do that, can't it, John? Yes, I can. Now, when I, when I wrote the book, um, I had not got the full revelation from God on soul damage. So uh, the article that I worked up tonight, they, everyone can find on, my, on our website, eaec.org. And the article is called Soul Damage is Free of Charge. We don't charge it for it. You can download it and, and copy it yourself. And have, but that gives you an, a, a further teaching that I have in a book. But in the book, Christian Dynamics, course number one, I deal with the arrested development spirit, and I deal with uh, the curses and all the other demons. And so what I do is when people come and I say, we want to have deliverance, I say, okay, buy the book. And the reason for that is, number one, we want to be on the same page. Because a lot of people say, well, I don't believe this, I don't believe that. If you're not on the same page when it comes to salvation and major issues, I cannot get the demons out. We're not in agreement. So that's what I want people to read it first. And I say, well, we, we agree with that. 
then, you know, we can work with that. And also, you need to be informed. For example, if you got a toothache, uh, you don't go to a plumber and says, you know, I got a, a toothache here. Can you do something about it? You go to a dentist. Now, the dentist not going to say, okay, we're going to pull this tooth, that tooth out. He says, okay, we're going to do some x-ray here. They are going to examine you and find out what your problem is, and then you work on where your problem is. So in order for it really to be delivered, you need to find out what you need to be delivered from, and then you can progress and go from there. Absolutely. Well, John, I have to say you're teaching on soul damage. What an incredibly important topic you've put together here. There's so many people out there that are suffering and afflicted and in bondage. You know, people go to counseling for years. They are hopped up on God knows what, these psychotropic antidepressants, etc. And they never really connect the dot that this has to do with trauma, damage to the soul. Isn't that incredible? I truly believe this is very serious because I'll tell you what, in the people that I've worked with since I found out about soul damage, boy, that arrested development spirit that comes in in the womb, you know, so much childhood trauma that we face. And of course, as you talked about the subconscious and conscious mind, this is very big stuff. And yet it's so sadly not being discussed. And I cannot wait, John, to have you back to do a part two. And it's been incredible honor to have you back on the show and discuss this very important topic. Thank you for your time and coming on the program, John. I look forward to having you back. Thank you and praise the Lord. Folks, that was John S. Terrell. His information is linked on today's bio, August 9, 2016. And as well, I've also linked that Christian Dynamics workbook. I think that's very important for people to get and start working through the soul damage. I'm really looking forward to having John back for the part now about how to deal with soul damage. Very much looking forward to that show. So as I said in the beginning, I want to remind everyone that the Android app finally got approved. We were waiting a couple weeks for that. We had some content issues that they didn't like. So anyway, we worked through that and now that is available. So if you're an Android user, go to your app store and look up the Weekend Vigilante app. Of course, we already have the smartphone app that's available as well. And of course, don't forget to sign up for the podcast. And to find all that, you can simply go to the Listen tab at WeekendVigilante.com. And don't forget, pre-order your copy of Power Prayers Warfare That Works Today. There is a direct link there at WeekendVigilante.com. Do get that book in your hands. Don't wait for it to be on back order. Pre-order your copy. And we're hoping that that thing will be out next week. I'm so excited about that. I'm very excited to get that book in your hands. Can't wait for the feedback on how it's changing your life. And a reminder, this ministry is 100% listener funded. I depend on you to support this ministry. Please prayerfully consider becoming a partner today. You can go to the donate tab at weekendvigilante.com. Thank you so much for tuning into the broadcast today, and we'll see you tomorrow. Good night and God bless.